That was a clip from a live recording of a song called The River Song by a folk band from Pittsburgh called Buffalo Rose. And uh, yeah, that was a live recording. And as you can hear, they do some really great vocal stuff. And uh, it ain't just in the studio. Uh, they can deliver the goods live in person just as good. And that's a very rare quality. I know I can't say the same thing about myself. Uh, you know, studio is always the standard I'm trying and usually not able to capture. But these guys, they can deliver the goods live just as good or maybe even better than on the studio recording. So you can check out their music on Spotify. Uh, the River Song, uh, that's on the album, the full length called The Soil and the Seed. Great album. And um, there's also a more recent release, which is a single called Rocket Ship, which is like an infectious, poppy, just earworm of a melody wrapped up in a, a warm blanket like a fleece throw of acoustic instrumentation and uh, rich harmonies and excellent execution and mixing. Yeah, it's really great. Um, I would love to try to make a remix of that song because, you know, the tempo, the rhythmic delivery of the words, the harmonies, and, uh, like, the chords, it, you know, it would just be really fun to make little genres collide type of thing because I think it'd work really well in, um, in the style of music that I make as well. <clears throat> anyway, spoiler alert here. Buffalo Rose is going to have some new music coming out. They're, uh, they're finishing up uh, two things right now, an EP and a full length. Now, I can't tell you exactly when or whatever, but as you'll find in this uh, interview, you know, they're, they got a lot of stuff coming down the pike. Okay, pike. You know, I guess it could be coming down the pipeline as well, a pipeline. But it's also coming down the pike. I don't understand what that means. We have a conversation today about a bunch of random stuff. A uh, bunch of stuff I wish I would have asked him. Um, but, you know, slipped my mind in the in the heat of the moment. So, uh, you know, we're going to have to have Shane back on here to uh, rehash some of the things that I wish I would have asked him. But, you know what? That's what this is about. Learning. It's about learning. Uh, about, uh, like, what kind of stuff you don't know and you, you'd like to know like cordell and cordell this episode's brought to you by cordell and cordell professional litigational dudes back in 1994 my then wife started a dip business based around revolutionary dip that contained an unprecedented 15 layers now once the dip took off, she left me in the weeds and she took all my money and all my stuff because I didn't have proper representation from a law firm like Cordell & Cordell, a partner men can depend on. Anyway, hope you enjoy the conversation. This is Shane McLaughlin of Buffalo Rose. McDonald's. We don't have to wear these either. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of weird, <laughs> but... You know, it is kind of cool. Yeah. I can really, it definitely uh, makes me talk differently. <laughs> yeah. And I like that. <laughs> you turn the headphones up too loud, yeah, it'll make you talk really quiet. Just like, hey. <laughs> 
How's it going? I'm so happy <laughs> to be here. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, definitely will make you talk differently. Yeah, that's that's okay though. <laughs> Need my vape. It feels way more podcasty too with the headphones. Yeah, I think. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. For sure. This yeah. is what they do on Planet Money. Is that one you listen to? Oh no. Oh no. Wait, what is Planet Money? But it is a podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> um about like money stuff, like finance stuff. The only podcast I listen to is Song Exploder. Oh yeah, I've heard a couple of those. couple of those. Mm-hmm. Not in a while though. How many episodes are there? Uh, more than 100, but less than 300. Maybe there's more than 300. They have a bunch of stuff that you are familiar with on there? Yeah, or I would say it's, there's a fair amount of things that I'm familiar with on there, yeah. And the artists have gotten like less and less obscure. And now occasionally they'll have a song where I'm like, I fucking love this song, and I'm oh, nice. really excited that they have it on there. Sweet. Is this thing on? No. No, it's on. Okay. Yeah. Are, are we live? Oh, yeah, we've been live. <laughs> okay. uh, did you say you went to Virginia? You went to visit family or you were recording? I went to visit family. Where are you guys recording? We are recording in a church that we have uh, rented out, the Unity Center of Pittsburgh in Garfield. It's a very small church. Oh. Um, you can rent that? Yeah, I mean, we, 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 you can, I mean, we, we have an arrangement with them because I, uh, know them and I work there. Um, and it's kind of, it's an interesting arrangement. I mean, there's some setup and and tear down every time. Oh yeah. Or like at the beginning of every week and at the end of every week. Yeah. But we can leave some stuff in there and it sounds really good. That's That's awesome. It's a cool arrangement. Yeah, I think. Wow. That's pretty unique. Is it, uh, so, I guess, uh, you, you have, like, certain hours that you can go in there and do your thing, or? Yeah, it, it kind of varies week to week a little bit, too. There's also now, since we first started doing it, a nonprofit that has moved into part of the building, uh, the Pittsburgh, uh, Food Policy Council. Whoa. Um. <laughs> food policy? Food policy, yes. What is that? Um... Sorry, I'm throwing you no, off. No, it's okay. <laughs> well, I wasn't <laughs> expecting that question. <laughs> Food uh, policy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know uh, the exact particulars of what they do, but I um, would imagine that they work to manage, like, uh, food waste and hopefully, like, food politics, food distribution. Um, ah. Um, okay. The places where government and cheeseburgers meet. Yeah. Leftover um, bagels and stuff of that <laughs> nature. <laughs> A lot of those. Uh, but yeah, so that has like sort of uh, changed changed the arrangement a little bit, but it's it still worked out really well. But there's certain... I mean, we can't record on Sunday. Yeah. Um, and sometimes the church has a movie night, so we can't record on like, yeah. Wednesday night or like... Yeah. That's it's funny. <clears throat> but it, it, it's worked out really well, I think. So this is 
This is the next full length that you guys are doing? Uh, we are simultaneously recording, or we've already finished the recording of the EP and the next full length, and they were both recorded in that space, as oh. well as the last single that we put out. Wait, so, you're, you're done with both of them? Uh, the EP is done. Okay. Yes. Same, same spot. Same spot. Is yes. that where you recorded the first album? No, we recorded the first album at a studio in Homestead that is now um, disappeared into the um, land of Fallen Studios. Um, Does that have a name? Uh, yes. <laughs> I forget what the name is, come to think of it. And it's not like operational anymore, but it was run by this guy, Lurch, who does a lot of different uh, sound things. He works in, in live sound a lot of times for, like, the news networks or the Steelers or... Man, what is the name of his studios? I can't remember. I cannot recall. Huh. What year was Was that 2017? 2016? That, I believe... 2018. Was... Two <laughs> a 2017, yes. <laughs> yeah. Nice. If, if my math checks out. Is Mac... Is he the one doing the doing the cordon do you guys have someone he's he's like he does that stuff from what i remember mac is courting all of us yeah Co cording cordon Re recording um yes he is nice. yeah he's the engineer uh and i guess one of the producers one um, of them yeah i mean i would say that we all do i guess but he has okay. a, since he is the engineer he has a and is that every session he probably is a more um, producery hat than the rest of our hats. Yeah. That's cool. When did he, was he always in Buffalo Rose? Yes. Yeah. Man, I did not know that until later. Cause I, I kind of knew Mac before. Cause, uh, from my brother, Nick, I think they were both at CMU and he knew him from some stuff there. <laughs> and, uh, and from his the other band that he played in Memphis Hill. Oh, Memphis Hill, yeah. And Lucy was in that band also. That's the singer of Buffalo Rose. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, interesting, yeah. cool. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> Though they had multiple singers over over time. Yeah. Um. But yes, Mac is a gem. Mac Inglis. He's on Facebook and Instagram now. <laughs> his story is fire. Yes. Yeah. His story. Yes, yeah. He's new, and he's very... Or, uh, this Instagram story. Oh, okay. He's, he's, new, <laughs> he's new to that, and he's very excited about it. <laughs> Sorry, uh, yeah. And his backstory, too. But, you know, that's a story for another time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's cool. So, have you been in Buffalo Rose since the, uh, since the beginning of the band? Yes, yes. Has, um, it, has it just been everyone that's in it now has, has been in it since it started? No, it's it's changed a little bit, or I guess we've added members, and it has changed a little bit over time. And uh, um, it started with only four of us: myself, uh, Lucy, Mac, and Mariko Reed, who um, is an incredible singer. She's not uh, with us in the band anymore. She's still alive and thriving, and sings with a common heart. Oh, um, that's random. Yes. Well, not really a small world here in Pittsburgh, but... 
Um, and yeah, it started. I had we had just planned on doing one uh, song together for the songwriter series uh, that was run by um, Found Sound, which uh, it's like a yeah. I don't know if you remember that from back in the day. Yes, what was that? Was that a blog? Yeah, it was sort of like an online blog, and they threw some shows. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, so it started with just those four people, and then um, Mac couldn't make a show that we were... It was like our first big show. We were opening for someone at Club Cafe. I think it was like Yarn or the Dust Bowl Revival or some... Uh, other americana word sounding man um and we asked bryce to fill in and then it was just like we we love this guy he's really good and we want to play with us all the time and then much later we added uh jason uh raflack on the upright bass nice yeah the one our first ep uh you know benny rossman oh yeah yeah he was he he recorded on that one and Oh. Play with us on our first EP release show. <laughs> yeah. man, small world. Very small. Jeez. Yeah. Keeps getting smaller. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty cool. Yeah, I was I talked to Lucas last week. Oh nice. Uh, in the same scenario. Cause they just got back from their tour. It sounded pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I saw you guys on your website are playing in New Orleans. Yes. In January? Yes, we are going to New Orleans in January. That's pretty exciting. Like, what's going on there? Yeah, we are going, we are super excited. We're going down for the uh, International Folk Alliance Conference. It's like a conference of folk music, uh, the combination of people from all different parts of the industry, um, a lot of performers, and uh, people who book shows, and uh people who work in radio oh, um man. it's just a huge huge uh like convention of folk yeah yeah it's it's pretty cool um yeah, i've learned a lot in the last couple of years about how there are very specific um avenues for folk music and like groups that uh really support each other i mean there's a lot of house concerts that people host and a lot of those people who host those house concerts will go to things like this to find people to play their shows and oh it's just a whole kind of community that's uh probably something yeah that i i don't know about much but you'll be exposed to a lot of the people involved there (laughs) how did you get involved with that uh well i guess uh it's a twofold answer uh jason has been to many uh, Folk Alliance conferences. There are regional ones, and this is the international one. And he has gone to the Northeast regional one, I think maybe like 10 times or something like that. And he had told me about it a couple years ago, and I I went um, with just he and I um, just to check it out. And um, then... Uh, the booking agent that we had just started working with, uh, works for the, uh, Midwestern regional one. And so we were talking with her about the possibility of going to the one in the Northeast or the international one. And she, uh, thought that this one was the 
want for us to go to and be at. So that would be sweet for many reasons. <laughs> yeah, it will be it will be really fun. There's some incredible like uh, people speaking there to some of the like um, musicians and voices that are at the forefront of the wow. genre, like yeah. past, past and present. So it'll be really cool to hear them speak. That's pretty awesome that there's a whole gathering in this whole world this one place and there's gonna you know it's not just music it's people doing speaking or like having having like workshops or some kind of stuff like that Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely um and yeah it's an it's incredibly i wish that it existed on smaller scales and in other genres and i'm sure maybe it does and we just don't know about them i feel like i wouldn't have it would have taken me a very long time to find it on my own and yeah being like what is this folk alliance it sounds like <laughs> yeah i wonder if there's like a, like a an equivalent in in other genres like the uh jam or edm alliance <laughs> <laughs> start one yeah yeah maybe so i mean the other conferences there there's a college one that's called naca where it's just uh focused on uh the arts kind of like coming through uh different uh like Pitt and cmu all put on events and have live music and bring in bands and programs and things like that and yeah those that's the only other alliance uh, college music music alliance Alliance. yeah man i didn't know about that um so how did you guys write your album I guess, how do you guys write your, write your music? Yeah, I guess uh, there's, there's a couple different steps in the process. Usually it starts with um, sort of like a demo of a song, I guess, being brought to the band that was written by uh, either Lucy or I. Uh, some of them are written alone and some together. Usually the best ones are written together. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's just an acoustic guitar and uh, a melody at that point. And mm-hmm. then we uh, split off and have uh, vocal arranging sec- sessions where it's just the three vocalists meeting up and figuring out our parts. And then usually you try and do that first because we see the vocals as the forefront of the band and the main focus. And then we ha- do the same thing uh, with the instruments. Ah, that's cool kind of split it up yeah so you have you know less cooks in the kitchen trying to cook (laughs) cook their uh meatloaf stew uh at the same time so you know you're trying to use a pan and they're trying to use a pan and this way if you need the pan you can use it then when the band needs the pan they can use it you only need three ingredients to make a good meatloaf yeah you know about this (laughs) Oh, yes, I know it. Uh, I actually really hate meatloaf, but I do know a little bit about its construction in relation to folk songs. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> and I think you can use eggs or oil to hold it together, but don't let that get out that I said that. Um, but yeah, the cooks in the kitchen thing is, is <laughs> uh, it's, it's good. I mean, it, it allows, you know, I, I feel like we're very fortunate in that we have... Uh, 
people who have very varied skills um and that really allows itself to come out when there are specific like small groups of focus and yeah. like when everyone has their their role that's cool compartmentalized yes yeah i, I feel like we do that sometimes like we kind of did that with our last with our full band album like we we would do the jam you know everyone's in the same room for that and obviously this is a lot different than writing a song with, with uh, you know, a lyric lyric and vocal focus, but, yeah, we'd, uh, we'd do the jam, and then we'd kind of be like, all right, this little, this melody part, this section's cool, that should be in the song, this section's cool, and then it was kind of my task after that to kind of uh, arrange it, like, put, all right, this part, then this part, and kind of try and, like, condense it into a, like, boil it down, mm. I guess, and do a, f- a structure, and then, and then once that was done, I, I would uh, show it to the guys, and, you know, if they had any, you know, and kind of just for for review, and approval and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, whenever it, th- that kind of made it easier, I guess, because whenever you've got a group of people all trying to make all these little decisions that have to be made to do something like that, uh, sometimes it can be really easy to get super indecisive or, or or not be able to make it make decisions but you know i also like when we structure stuff out together because then everybody's got everybody's got a little more ownership of the idea and or you know the feeling of you know involvement and connection to it so it's not like they had this idea and then uh you know it gets brought back to them and it's different or something hmm. so when you're arranging all the pieces and like putting the puzzle together from like the hour long jam or like a, a longer session uh how do you think about it as um sort of like a build up or like a tension and release because i would imagine that yeah that's that is something that you would or i don't know that sort of like what all songs yeah uh tension and release shoot for yeah that's one of my friends back in the day who was trying to uh show me the ways of fish he was like you you have to love fish you will love it <laughs> you love it it's all about tension and release tension and release yeah i feel like yeah, I've, I've thought about that with with all all kinds of music everybody really loves that feeling of tension and release uh, but anyway, the, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of a hard, hard thing to do. Uh, usually cause there's a whole bunch of, there's like too many parts in the, in the jam session to, to include. So you've got to cut some stuff out. And, but if there's a certain, you know, we'll identify a section where we're like building up in a jam and we'll be like, you know, this, this was great. We need to like be able we need to do this for the song so yeah i don't know usually there's like a an obvious you know climax Mm. of the jam where the jam is like the best and then we try and just uh yeah i gotta try and just take that and get to there somehow Mm. yeah i don't know we're still we're still definitely learning how to do it i think we're gonna do a different approach this time and do more of a live live recording like 
learn like come up with the song and learn it and get good at playing it and then record it because hmm. like with the with the last album it was kind of like we we did it you know layer by layer hmm. uh yeah but i think going to a studio once we have everything down will be a little it'll be faster and different and more i don't know i'm just curious about about that <clears throat> yeah it's different energy yeah, I'm 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 more used to trying to translate my recordings into live performances, because I'm usually just making recordings first and and then trying to figure out how to do them live. But mm. with the jam stuff, it's you know they come up spontaneously, and then we have to try and figure out how to capture that. Interesting. When you said you write, you think your best stuff is when you write together with the other one of the other songwriters. You said that earlier. Yes. Yeah. That's interesting. How do you guys and girl write together? <laughs> uh, well, I would say usually, uh, I would say pretty much always someone has uh, like the thesis statement of the <laughs> idea. Yeah, yeah. Just the, yeah. Or it's like whether it's just a chorus or just a melody. Mm-hmm. Like um, starter kind of seedling song starter pack yes um yeah like seedling exactly a really baby idea that you're excited about and um then i guess if there's no chorus or central idea like it always kind of starts there um just to try and figure out what the song is about um chorus yeah that's usually where yeah you're trying to come up with that first usually or that's usually what comes out first. Yeah, like if that's not, um, I would say in most of the in the time where we've been writing together, if there if that isn't in the original presentation of the idea, then it's like okay, let's figure this out first. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. There was a song that's gonna be on the next thing I'm working on. That's it didn't have a chorus for such a long time. I couldn't think of a. I had all the verses, but. I just I like, couldn't think of a good chorus for so long. Mm. I mean, I'd been working on that song for years. Well, I hadn't been working on it, but it just had existed without a chorus. Right. Like, well, maybe it just doesn't need like words in the chorus or something. But yeah. finally, <laughs> thought of something. So, how does like the the word the lyric writing when you guys have that seedling? How do you progress from from the seed <laughs> to the tree? <laughs> Lots of water and <laughs> yes. tea. Um, sunlight. Fertilizer. Um, I feel like usually the next thing is the melody. And I feel like over time as you are, you just like sing through the melody on an, you know, an open vowel or like sort of like... Yeah. Um, no, no words are kind of just like mumbly. Yeah, yeah. Like, mumbly uh and sometimes the vowels will start to like present themselves like it it'll it'll um on one song that we were working on called born when we were in this uh instance where there was only a melody for the chorus and we were just singing the vowels and w the second one was really open we were like this word is want and then <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah yeah and then i know exactly what you mean yeah and then you've got like yeah you've got like one little piece of the puzzle you're like this word fits perfectly in this yeah yeah and it and it the the melody and the it it feels like that word 
yeah not just that it fits but it's like if it's like oh yeah this feels right that's just like naturally yeah i that's funny yeah i've 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 done a similar thing with just like the yeah mumbly kind of not not saying words just like yeah just like vowels i guess with the melody and then kind of landing on a word and then trying to find the rest of the pieces like how how does Mm. this word relate (laughs) to the chorus or something yeah 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 that's interesting i just like the one little one little clue like that can kind of inform a whole whole verse or something. Right. So you guys do that together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, not on not on every song, but on a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never I've never never really had a song that, that I've done lyrically together. That's I've always found that hard hard to be, I guess, creative like with words. I guess. Uh, with another person so you kind of just all chip in your you know if you have ideas for for what what the phrases could be once you kind of get a foothold yeah yeah once we get a foothold sometimes it we're like oh it would be great to like work in this word or this phrase or like we kind of want to I, I, lo- I love talking about like settings a lot like the first verse is this setting yeah. uh, and, like trying to show something and um sometimes too i think that the length of the melodic the length and rhythm of the melodic things that we're working with um you know it ha- it only has so many if your melody's na 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 there's a, there's like you you got a couple syllables and it's like what things can fit yeah and that um which i i i, I wouldn't say that everything is written that way um and you know there's obviously like room to play around in that but that yeah it definitely narrows it down from all the things that could be said to right what once you've got, into a, that. Yeah. got a little melodic theme mm-hmm. or like yeah <clears throat> so how long have you been writing songs and then playing and singing and stuff <laughs> Um, I started playing guitar in eighth grade and, uh, I started singing probably around that time too. I didn't really know that I couldn't sing until I started playing guitar. Um, and... Any music before that? Yeah, I kind of couldn't really, didn't really find my place or like fall in love with music the way that I did once I picked up the guitar. Like, I'd taken piano a couple years on and off and played the violin for, like, a year and a half. And I played uh, the baritone in sixth grade, which is, like, the small tuba. Oh. It was a huge pain in the ass to take on the bus, (laughs) so I, like, rarely... (laughs) My bus ride was also, like, an hour long. It was just some kid in the, like, super tiny kid in the back with a massive (laughs) fucking instrument. So I I rarely practice that. Uh, and Man, how'd you pick that? I have no idea. I think it was just that probably that the band director picked it. Oh, okay. It's like, we need someone to play yeah. this instrument. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I played the alto sax for a couple years. Oh, wow. You played a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, I can't remember at all how to play the uh, baritone or the violin, but... I've recently gotten really back into playing the piano and really love it. And 
I haven't picked up a saxophone in a really long time, but I still remember the fingerings, I think. Yeah. Those We're, wind instruments and brass instruments, it's kind of like you got to get your, your embouchure back yeah. before you can really, <laughs> really do anything. Yeah. No, it's very true. You play for like 10 minutes, you're like, my face really hurts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did yeah. you ever play? Uh, I played clarinet in fourth grade and then i played switched to alto sax and throughout middle school and uh my friend had an alto sax that he wasn't using Hmm. and he just like let me borrow it indefinitely nice and so i I started uh trying to play that again and yeah it was like what you described after a very short amount of time (laughs) My my mouth just like had no strength in it left. Like can't form a seal around. It's <laughs> <Just> like <laughs> <sighs> felt like I had just got back from the dentist. Had like Novocaine shot or something. Totally numb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My mouth just doesn't work. I guess the same thing happens with guitar though. At the beginning, where you're That's like, true. Yeah. You know, this really hurts. Yeah. Um. I, I, yeah, that actually still happens to me. I, pick up an acoustic guitar because mm. i i don't really play much acoustic guitar anymore and then i pick up mine which is you know action's a little high right now i need to get it set up so it's doing bar chords will yeah. really sting the hand meat <laughs> stings mine too man <laughs> yeah um what are you playing in the picture in the, some of the pictures i saw are you playing like an arch top or is that just a regular acoustic guitar uh it's just like dark one the dark acoustic yeah yeah that's just a regular acoustic guitar um it's an amazing instrument though i i had my first acoustic guitar that was basically just like the cheapest uh martin that you could buy it was like maybe like three or four hundred hundred bucks and uh i played it for 10 years and then it was just like constantly having problems um and then mac and i Mac has uh has the golden ears, um just like kind of ex- explored um some guitars for a really long time and we settled on this one like at at a store you mean or yeah okay yeah, I just played a, a bunch of them and mm-hmm. trying to find one that sounded a certain way uh yeah I think so um I think really what settled us on this one though was not so much that it sounded a certain way was that it sounded many different ways where most of the other guitars sounded one way no matter which way you played them um but yeah it's a really it's a cop guitar k-o-p-p it's a pretty small uh i think it's just one guy in bozeman montana and he used to work for the gibson custom shop and now he just builds his own cop i'll have to check it out instruments that's cool. Yeah, they're incredible guitars. I I love that guitar, but it is hard to play. It it hurts my hands sometimes. Yeah. But it's it's a it's a very beautiful sounding guitar. I'm nice. Lucky to have it. Yeah. So back to Buffalo Rose here. <laughs> oh boy. How how do you guys uh, how do you guys organize yourselves? Is there, how do you, how do you, uh, how do you, is there like a, a main person that, that is kind of like suggesting all of the stuff that you guys do or do you, are you kind of 
deciding all these things as a group? Uh, it's a combination of things. Um, I would say uh, that if we had to ascribe the role of manager to someone, it would be me. Um, uh, which I guess just means that I do a lot of the uh, logistical work. And But I think from a more macro planning standpoint we make a lot of our decisions together like where are we going to record yeah um what songs are gonna go like where do we want to play and stuff on this yeah where do we want our release to be where do we want to play um and yeah even coming down to like uh like the particular gigs like should we do this gig or should we not do this yeah Um, how do you guys uh you guys have disagreements ever on on when you're writing a song in terms of like you know some somebody is not feeling this suggested idea and you know this other person is uh yeah i'd say so i think i mean that that's bound to happen because people just have when the song is just a shell it like comes together a little bit differently in everyone's mind but i think we're we've gotten to a point where we um, my personal philosophy is to try every idea that's presented. Um, and usually we don't have people just being like, I don't like that idea. I think it sucks. And I don't have another suggestion. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> so, right. Yeah. Um, so they might have, a, they might bring up another idea to try. Right. And then you try both of them. Yeah. And, tr- and, yeah. and see how kind of it works. Yeah. yeah and kind of see, take, take a vote on, or kind of just get, get everyone's opinion on what what ideas they felt felt the best to them or something yeah yeah um and kind of work through things and i think too as a um or at least at the start everyone had a little bit more of a defined role as we tried to like create uh rhythm without drums um and now we're trying to um play with that and, and experiment a little bit more um huh but creating rhythm without drums yeah um when we were mixing our last uh, uh single the rocket ship we kept referring to bryce who plays the mandolin as the snare and the engineer was like you can't call it that stop <laughs> but he is his nickname is chops for a reason and like uh we yeah i don't know that's something that we we don't have a lot of like bluegrassy sounding jingle jangle songs, but we still want, um, you know, it to bop a little bit. You know, people to be able to move to it and stuff, yeah, if possible. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, the snare. You got you got the bass, kick kick bass. <laughs> you know, upright bass. That's a pretty thumpy percussive mm. sound. Then you got that uh, mandolin with those slapping strings, and you got a kick and a snare there. And, I mean, you got, you got the, your back beat. <laughs> you got the guitars filling in that shaker with those strings. Uh, digga, 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 digga. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yes, the diggas go in between digga, the digga, thumps. Digga, digga. Thump, digga, digga, thump, digga, digga, thump. Yeah. Oh yeah. Space. It's all about the space. You gotta have enough space for everything. Otherwise, things get lost. It's true. You gotta. If it's all diggas, it sounds like just. That's what? too much. How am I supposed to move my body to this? What were we talking about? We're talking about, oh yeah, 
songwriting in a group. Yeah. When you Do you all- ever find it hard to, to, if you have an idea, like you bring a seedling that you were fond of <laughs> to the band and it starts going in a, a direction that maybe you didn't uh, envision or and you're unsure of, do you ever find it hard to let go of that? Like, let go of the, you know, trying to protect your seedling. <laughs> like um, if maybe if maybe it starts going in a direction that you mm, that you want to or you have like kind of a specific idea of where you want it to go and it doesn't it's going in a different direction than that does that ever happen uh i would say no um i think there are some times where i will present an idea or lucy will and it will be like we shouldn't use this or like, this is like maybe a reference track of like, or I had imagined it sort of like this in my mind. Um, but I personally try and think of the songs a lot as like just, uh, sketches that we're kind of collaboratively filling in. And, um, uh, yeah, so I don't know. I, I wouldn't say that there's ever been an instance where I'm like, I'm, I'm, I don't like the way this is, this is coming together. Let's scrap it. Yeah, <laughs> keeping this one for myself. Yeah. That's great. Um, so yeah, I guess we've been pretty fortunate about that. I mean, there are like, um, you know, of course, disagreements sometimes about yeah the specifics of a uh, fist fights of a part. Yeah, fisticuffs. Uh, well, we mostly jello wrestle if we have to settle a problem <laughs> it's not funny this chord um, should be an a yeah no, <laughs> f sharp minor <laughs> um but yeah so i and i and i really like i think we all really trust each other's um um musical um instincts and everyone has very different like tastes and backgrounds and stuff so yeah it sounds like you guys are good. very on the same page though you know with with everybody kind of understands what what a song should be it sounds like at least for for buffalo rose if you got an idea it sounds like everybody pretty pretty much knows has a singing of a similar similar place that they you know it, they should take it because it sounds like it sounds like you guys are very on the same page which is nice that's great <laughs> thanks man we like to think of it as page one page one page one you know page one's nice sometimes page one sometimes boring it's a f- <laughs> it's like a foreword from the author I'm like god dang it take me to chapter one page one <laughs> you know what i mean i don't read enough yeah me either really what's the last thing that you read Oh God! Uh, okay, I think the last thing I was reading was the book by Alan Watts. Our guitarist John Henderson gave it to me. Okay, it's like a nonfiction. It's, it's called like a, the book. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I think that's the last thing I was reading, and um, I didn't. I haven't finished. I still haven't finished it. Uh, still reading it. Very, very slowly. Yeah. Because I have, I just haven't built that time into my day, you know? Yeah. I need to do that. Because if I don't, then I just, I don't do it. Right. I have no habit. Yeah. 
How about you? What's the last thing you read? Uh, well, I started a book yesterday. Um, but the last book that I read and finished was uh, called M Train. It's by Patty Smith. I don't know it. Uh, it's a memoir of, uh, and I read it because I had loved a different memoir by her, which is one of the best books I've read called Just Kids about her, uh, like, um, being a young artist moving to New York City in the sixties. And, um, I loved that very much. So I read this one, which is more about her, uh, older life as a writer and, um, it was good. I, I really enjoyed it. Cool. Is that kind of the stuff you gravitate towards? Like a biography, autobiography uh, type of like nonfiction stuff? I feel like generally no. Though the book that I started yesterday is also, it does fit in that category. So maybe I'm changing. What, what did you start? Uh, yesterday I started uh, a book uh, about Leonardo da Vinci. Wow. Um, which I've been wanting to read for a really long time because I've always been really interested in him and about uh how um just studying different kinds of art uh affects how it all affects each other how like um oh that you mean like the different mediums or yeah yeah Uh, is that Um, what the da vinci code is about (laughs) (laughs) is that the name of the book (laughs) this is a totally different book (laughs) okay but the da vinci code is a crazy book that and angels it. and demons they get a lot of flack but they're they're good i remember i remember the buzz when those came out and i i never read them but yeah the thing is where there's flack there's buzz and buzz and flack but oh, yeah the buzz is there for a reason it's really good I, yeah. I really enjoy those they're page turners that's the thing yeah if someone has buzz and other people want to give it flack it's true you know a lot of people are just like what's all this buzz about this is so good yeah. It's pretty dumb, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like that flack feeds the buzz because then people want to know if they think it's dumb or not. Yeah. I didn't know about the flack. I I knew about the buzz. Hmm. What's the flack about? People think it's it's not good. I guess so. I think people just think that it's... Uh, trying to shut down the buzz. <laughs> <laughs> shut down the buzz. They're not about that buzz. I guess they think it's like pulpy or far-fetched or that he um like made up some stuff but i mean it's fiction it's a fiction book yeah you know i really liked the hunger games trilogy the books yeah me too i that was like the last fiction book that i got super engaged in to the point where i was like i was uh staying up you know Mm -hmm. way too late like just shooting myself in the foot for the next day because i wanted to know what happened Yeah. yeah but you know that that may have caught some flack as well, especially since the movies came out. That's They're true. like, "Hey, are you a teenager? Why are you reading this book?" I said, <laughs> "It was a dang good book. It kept my attention more than uh, anything I've read since Hatchet." <laughs> it's the truth, man. It's good. Just because like the main character isn't a te- is a teenager doesn't mean like it's not. Yeah, for everyone, you know, everyone's been a teenager almost. Um, it's really hard for me to find fic. I, I love fiction books. Like getting sucked into that world completely, mm. but I find it very, I find it very hard for me to find ones that kind of capture my attention uh, soon enough for me to get fully engulfed into that world. Yeah, very, very bad reader. 
<laughs> in terms of my attention span. It might be a practice thing. I don't know. I don't know. I, I've been thinking recently that like if I'm going to really commit to reading a book, I need to have whenever I start the book, especially if it's fiction, you got to have like an hour or two to just get into it. Because like yeah. it's page one, you know, it's like sometimes it's just, I don't like, know what's going nothing on. Nothing right is really going on yeah. here. Yeah, um, I feel like a notebook might be helpful too. A notebook? To, How so? To write stuff down. Hmm. You know, I tried to read Game of Thrones. Yeah. And uh, you know, there's a lot of characters in that, <laughs> and I, I quickly <laughs> maybe lost, too many. <laughs> quickly lost track and lost interest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot of books out there where they'll just have one random character who comes in for one chapter and is never seen again. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I that that is in books like that. It's like you need that family tree yeah. in, the, in the front or the back. That's one of those books where people have told me like, if you watched the show, that would help you read the book because then you would understand what all these people are and their connection. Hmm. But I've, I, I <laughs> it makes me think like the book must not be very good if you have to watch the show. To, though I have read the books and, and like them, but it's like, do you think they're? Wait, have you seen the show too? Yes. Yeah. Though I eventually stopped watching the show. Okay. Um, I haven't I, I? I missed the train on that and never got on board because I know it'll probably be many, many hours of commitment. It's true. And I'm going to want to commit all of my time to finding out what happens <laughs> you think uh, did you like reading the book better uh i guess i would have to say yes just because i finished all of the books um and stopped watching the show um do you would you start first show or books uh it's complicated i my so my roommates were all watching an episode and they were like and i was like oh, i'll just i'll just sit in and watch this and they were like if you're gonna watch one episode if you're ever gonna do this like this is the worst one to watch <laughs> you should not do it it's called the red wedding is the name of the episode it's, it's uh infamous is all i'll say i don't want to spoil anything okay um for you uh and i was just like ah it's fine i'll probably never read this i'll just i'll just watch it um which was probably a mistake uh, as far as like revealing plot lines go, but watching it did make me, I then read all of the books before the next season had come out, I think. Oh my God. Wow. Um, well, which is like a, a year or something. Yeah, I read them all over the summer when I was in college. Um, that's a lot of reading, right? Those are pretty big books, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're big. They're big, but they're very easy to read. They're not like... Not for me. Uh, or, <laughs> I mean, I always compare them, or, and I feel like a lot of people compare them to Lord of the Rings, which I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan, and I think that they're much uh, easier to read than Lord of the Rings. Okay, yeah, um, that's another one I... <clears throat> yeah, didn't do. Yeah, it, it can be very rough at some points. Um, he's not afraid to delve into the history of the realm. Yeah. Uh, interesting yeah um but i feel like what set me off on my non-fiction kick was reading uh the book creative quest by quest love oh is um, that good yeah i loved it, it was i, really I never heard of it but you know i like the guy yeah he's cool yeah we check it out pocket quest, 
Questlove drum set in the in the room with us tonight. It's the uh, this episode sponsored by Questlove Pocket Kit by Ludwig. It's it involve it involves uh, the ability to get a drum set with every piece you need to start playing the drums for two hundred fifty dollars. And you know what? We need a little something up here in a studio to workshop. And uh, we thought about going the electronic drums. Uh, you know, we got we got neighbors on both walls, but we said no. You know, it's not gonna have the feel of a regular kit. So we, but look at this, two hundred fifty bucks. I can get a guitar pedal for that much. Anyway, back to the show. Wait, back to the book. What was the book? Oh, it was. Uh, I really liked it. I really liked it. Um, it felt more like an audiobook i've i don't know if i've ever really like listened to an audiobook but it just felt like quest level was just talking to someone and they wrote it down um which is cool it was an interesting feel for a book i never really read a book like that and um uh it was really interesting to hear his thoughts on on creativity because he's involved in a lot of different um projects so Oh man, that sounds like one I should add to the list. I feel like of the books I read, it's mo- it's pretty much all nonfiction stuff, kind of like, and that's that's a topic that that would be interesting for me. Hmm. Have you read The Artist's Way? Yes, that was the next book that I read after okay. Creative Quest, which changed my life. I I've done morning pages almost every day since then. Oh no! Nice. It was last fall that I, yeah, I've been doing it for a little over a year. That's what got me started with with that too, and it's been super helpful. Yeah, I love it. Like, yeah. Beyond, like, much more beyond uh, creativity. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like just in understanding my own thoughts and you know why I feel certain ways, how I feel, and, and what I really. What's really the truth behind some of these things that are giving me grief or joy in life? The truth is hard to get at sometimes. But when you're just talking to someone, I feel like after I've shared a few uh, thoughts or sentences, I'm like, okay, I, I, I want to listen to what the other person has to say. Um, but when you are writing your thoughts in your notebook, you're free to... Um, ramble and, and delve deeper and uh, pontificate for as long as you desire. Yeah. Which is amazing. And, uh, you know, without any fear of judgment. <laughs> yes. You know, so you can yeah. say whatever you're thinking. You can let your inner Larry David out and uh, <laughs> not worry about someone judging you for it. Yeah. But oh. also, yeah. Wow. That's have, great. Have you used it in other ways besides, do you mostly just journal in it or do you do other things? Or for the morning pages? Or what other changes has just, it brought about in your life? Uh, well, it's, I don't really use it for like making songs or anything. Although occasionally I'll get ideas for, you know, I'll, I'll eventually write down with, you know, there'll be like one sentence or something and I'll be like, mm, that could be the theme of a song or like Mm -hmm. something like that. But that's usually not the intent. Uh, It's usually just, you know, stream of consciousness. And then, you know, in times when I'm confused about something or unsure of what to do, 
<clears throat> or I'm, you know, real upset or really happy about something or write about that. And uh, so usually, I don't know, it's kind of like a therapeutic thing. kind of just keeps me centered. And um, a lot of times I feel like I, I'll just answer my own questions right, right on the pages there. Because I'll be like, why... Like, what should I do? Like, I don't know what to do. And then, you know, by the end, after I've kind of just thought about it and gone through all the thoughts about whatever I don't know mm-hmm. or whatever I, I'm unsure of, you know, there will be an answer there. Like, do I really want to do this? Like, no, I don't. Like, all right, there <laughs> it is. <you> go, yeah. <laughs> like, yes, I do. Yeah. Like, am I, yeah. I think I found a lot of, you know, how much, how much decision-making and, and emotion and feeling is just a link to fear Mm. about, you know, if I'm upset about something usually, or or if I'm worried about something, you know, it's always just like to get to the root of it. I just have to ask about what, you know, what am I, what am I worried about? Like, what am I scared of? Mm. And then sometimes if I dive down that path of, you know, what am I, what am I really afraid of here? A lot of times it might come up like, there's nothing that you really need to be afraid of about with this. Yeah. Like worst case scenario is not bad at all. Yeah. Kind of just really helpful for putting things in perspective sometimes. I don't know. I, I pretty much just use it for vent, like, you know, personal reflection, hmm. venting. And, you know, if I don't have anything, you know, if everything's great and amazing, then I'll just write about that. Try to really uh, write in detail about what what is awesome. And like what, uh, you know, like a gratitude practice. And then, you know, through doing that nice. can generate a real, real feeling of, you know, feeling fortunate, which is, that's good. Yeah. I I don't know. I feel like, yeah, that sounds like something I would like to try. Yeah. Oh, the, in, in that. Yeah. That's, that's cool. That That's like something I do whenever there's days where I don't, I'm having I don't have much on my mind. Like I'm pretty content. Like I don't have much to write about mm-hmm. <clears throat> or I don't feel like I have much to get out. Then I'll, that's usually when I'll try and be like, well, you know, it's really great that, you know, I had such a great upbringing or something like that. Mm. And then like try and go into as much detail as I, I can about that. And then really start to feel, really start to feel uh, grateful for a lot of stuff that I, you know, wasn't thinking about before starting that. Mm. Which is, you know, important to remember that stuff. Yeah. So life's pretty good for a lot of people, especially for me. (laughs) (laughs) Old chalky. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. How do you, what's your experience been with, with the journaling, the morning pages? Yeah, I think at the beginning, I... I don't want to say I was doing it wrong because I don't really think that there's a wrong way to do it. But at first I tried to do it uh, as a creative stream of consciousness as opposed to a uh, emotional or thought, you know, yeah, uh, stream of consciousness. Um, so you're trying to, yeah, like write out ideas or something. Yeah, not... Even nec- I think it was more that I was trying to discover ideas. So I would try... Uh, it wasn't so much as like I have this idea that I'm trying to flesh out. It was just that I would um, start with one word or phrase and just, you know, go 
build stream of consciousness off of that for three pages and yeah. then see if anything jumped out at me and then oh that's cool um yeah it was it was really and i i don't really do that as much anymore because i uh guess eventually i started uh using it more as a journal and uh saw the positive effects of that but i would like to get back to doing that because i definitely came up with some uh ideas that i really liked that i wouldn't have otherwise yeah that turned into songs oh that's cool that's uh now that you mention that there have been a couple entries where uh, it, it wasn't the intent of that but i'll like just go off on a complete ramble of nonsense yeah of like some made up scenario and just go off that but definitely only a couple times have i gone into that but that would be interesting i'd be interested to try that more and see see where it goes just generating fantastical fiction <laughs> yeah yeah random yeah. stuff that's you know not about not about me yeah yeah um but yeah i'm sure that i would do the program or the book the artist way sometime again in my life but yeah i'm very happy to have stumbled upon it yeah me too um that's great i'm glad you've I've, i always yeah I just love the the journaling yeah. morning pages concept and what it's been able to do. Did you do the artist dates? I, I, I always slacked a little bit on that. I did some, but uh, I'd be curious to know what you did for those. No, I didn't do them. Really? No. <laughs> I didn't do the whole, like... Oh, you didn't do the whole uh, no. program? I, okay. The only thing that I really... Yeah, was just... Uh, now, John... Was the journaling. I didn't... I didn't. This is a proven system. Martin Scorsese quote on the back. Two thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. I even forgot that that was like a whole, like a program. It's just like the only thing I, I just like latched onto the, the morning pages and like. It's the best part. <laughs> I feel like it's the best part. Yeah. And I just have, have done that, but. yeah, I, I, uh, I'm not trying to shame you. <laughs> no, I mean, makes me feel like, man, I should probably reread that book see uh yeah the artist dates that's where you set aside time to do something creative that you want to do or is that where you go out and do something for like you know inspiration like fodder i'd say it's more like fodder Um, yeah okay like go to go to an art thing yeah it could be that or it could just be like go for a walk in the park yeah you know it's it's i think it's just about having time for yourself um like to do something stimulating right or does it matter like, I don't think that it has. I, so it I don't think like, that it has to be like something stimulating. Sit in a chair and listen to music. Yeah, or something. and listen to it. Yeah, I did that like once or twice. Where I was like, I'm just gonna listen to this album. That's another thing I don't do enough of. Listen to music, because I find that I, I you know, I work from home now, and usually, you know, all my music listening. What the hell? <laughs> Not now, you damn robot. <laughs> I know it's a robot telling me my Apple account's been hacked. <laughs> they need my credit card information. <laughs> robots are getting God more and more out of hand every day. Go back to your dang call center. All right. Sorry, where was I? <laughs> uh, listening to music. Yeah. I, I used to do that on uh, commutes. You know, mm-hmm. walking to class, driving to wherever. And yeah, I, I don't... Uh, I always think about like yeah, I'd be I should really be listening to more music because I don't. Yeah. Do you listen to music a lot? 
I have started to a little bit more recently. Um, but I've had this same thought as you uh, many times. And um, I don't listen as much as I would like to. Uh, and I have a couple of excuses that I would like to provide. Okay. Uh, <laughs> or I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's a couple of things. One, just because I, you know, I teach and I have to learn a lot of songs. And so I have to, and so I value my silence, you know, in times where yeah. I, and, and like, you know, you write, you're writing music all the time. Um, and I don't know. I think something that I've been trying to do recently a lot more that I have found is very tied into my um, happiness is, is seeking out new things that I or that I like or like trying to find new things new things that I like new whether music, it be music like or new anything yeah or new music um, or new anything I mean I I a lot of it is is related to music but um, also partially and it has to do with um, like you know, books or film or there's something, you know, um, yeah. but I, I think I, you know, it's all, it's all tied in there, but I, I, I also, so it's also part of an effort to, you know, read more and absorb. Refill the well. Yeah. Refill the say. well. Um, exactly. Um, did you read the, the war of art? I started that book and I, I didn't really, I was like them. Born into it, yeah. <laughs> Not really, yeah. I listened to the audiobook, so I can't say I read it, but I listened to somebody deliver the content into my ears. And uh, it sounded like the Priceline negotiator guy was <laughs> reading it to me. <laughs> I don't... Oh, is that God. William Shatner? Yeah, okay. Priceline negotiator. I, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. I actually... That sounds right, but I... I think it is. Honestly don't know. Yeah. What, yeah. It's not important, but he has a distinctive voice, yeah. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. The the War of Art. What did you think of it? Uh, I, I, I related a lot to avoiding, um, you know, there's this natural desire to avoid, for some reason, even though it's something you like doing, like avoid, avoid being in a creative space sometimes, like, for some reason. Hmm. You know, like, uh, you know, if I, I know what I need to do to... To do this, uh, you know, if I want to write, write some music, I know what I need to do. But you know, I'm gonna clean up my studio first. Right. Yeah. Something like. Yeah. Even though I find it to be extremely satisfying to, to do that, I don't know. Maybe it's a fear of like not gonna be able, you know, having not being able to write anything. I don't know. Anyway, back to the music thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, I, I thought about, I do list, the time I listen to music is when I'm doing the journaling. Really? The morning pages. And I have, the music I listen to for that is uh, just like these really random old uh, vinyls, like instrumental music cool. that I find. Like one of them is... One of my favorite ones is like this like flute album. <laughs> nice. It's like uh, Melodies of Japan or something. Oh, it's cool. just like this gentle like like there's some strings in it too, but it's not, you know, like 
epic like dun, 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 yeah, dun. it's just yeah. like very gentle <laughs> flute music then there's one that's just like a solo dulcimer is that how you say that dulcimer yeah. yeah yeah then there's there's another one tomita japanese like just like transcribed these symphonies into synth stuff mm. in the 70s i think that's when it was made but anyway just all these like real random old vinyls that i try and find when i go record shopping hmm. arthur lyman vibraphone player because if i have if i have words i it's really hard for me to write or read if i'm yes. listening if there's music playing with words in it yes yeah same I, and i mean i never was able to listen to music while i was studying though occasionally i could even like, like with, it instrumental usually i i wouldn't put yeah. it on uh later on in um, my academic career, I would put on classical music sometimes just to like drown out the noise of people talking. Yeah. But, um, that's the other thing is that I've been trying to find, uh, something or an activity that matches well with listening to music, which is a little bit upsetting that I feel like I have to, uh, do that. Cooking cooking yeah cleaning cooking and cleaning for sure um but at the same time i feel like it's not necessarily driving um i don't do either of those things cooking or cleaning for long enough or uh do i have uh, driving is a, is a good one that's the best one for yeah. me because i can crank it up <laughs> i like the way the i like the way my car the speakers sound in there and i can turn it up yeah and not be bothering anybody yeah yeah which is i just hate bo- the feeling of bothering people <laughs> <laughs> yeah no me too um yeah i really need to get a new stereo in my car because oh, i would love to 2007 is was a very strange year in the automobile industry <laughs> yeah they they tried out some different speaker it, technologies and uh it's also directly in between the era of the aux cord and the cassette tape. Oh, so you got the FM transmitter or like... I don't have the FM transmitter. I don't have anything. I just listen to the radio or CDs. Um, CDs are good. CDs sound better. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Whenever I play CDs <laughs> in my car, I feel like it has a different amp or something than my... No, I don't know. You know what? I'm talking on my ass here, but I think... It's a different sound in the, the car. CDs yeah. sound different to me than... I don't know. Whenever I play, I'd, I'd bounce my music. If I was listening to mixes, I'd bounce into a CD. Hmm. It would sound different a little hmm. bit than the Bluetooth from my phone hmm. or something. Anyway, I really got to go to the bathroom. All right. So I'm going <laughs> to do that. <laughs> if you've noticed my fidgeting. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, I want to sell it. And then I want to use that money to get a piano. A piano? You know, like a, not a real piano. I mean, that would be cool, but... An electric piano. Yeah, like something with classic keyboard sounds. Nice. So I can play, because I, I like nice piano, Nord. too. Um, probably going to get this Roland one, actually. Mm-hmm. VR09, I don't know if... Is it a workstation? No, it's like a... It's a 61-key piano with... Uh, you know, it's got Wurlitzer or... Cool. Rhodes? Rhodes, yeah. organ, acoustic piano, and then some other random fun sounds. It's nice. not as nice 
Well, it's not as expensive. I don't know if it's not, if it's as nice <laughs> or not. It, it'd be good enough for me, like at my level of playing. I don't. Gotcha. Yeah, you know? I know what you mean. I just bought a hundred dollar MIDI keyboard. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I, I need to, I need to play more piano. I, I really like it, and I want to be better at it. Same. Yeah. <laughs> care for either of these <laughs> you don't have to i just brought them up if i yeah i'll try the the bubbles if that's okay the, these bubbles yeah those they both are, got i guess bubbles. they're both bubbly um but yeah no i'm in the same boat i i've actually took my first piano lesson in many years uh last week where'd you go uh i took it from a professor at duquesne uh his name is joe sheehan um do you have any connections to duquesne uh not really aside from knowing people who have gone there but i know joe because he plays in a uh like a hip-hop trio with jason who plays bass in buffalo rose and um his yeah so and i guess i've done like one or two wedding gigs with him so uh how did how did the lesson go like how do you how, did, how how is it how is it gonna go? like what's the uh plan for the for for you know because you can probably play you know you can play a bit right yeah, yeah. and uh what's your what's your level going into this lesson like what's my you my skill level yeah like what yeah. like my skill level is i can play chords like i i can yeah. i can just like do very basic just i could play through a song with just playing basic chords yeah that's, that's probably it. what mine is yeah um like i can't do separate left hand stuff that's j- anything other than just octaves yeah it, ex- yeah that's exactly <laughs> where i'm at yeah okay <laughs> um but i told him that i'm not i have no interest in learning how to solo from him um is he uh, like a jazz type guy yes he's a jazz type guy all right um yeah. I guess it could be classical or jazz. Yeah, those are like... <laughs> there's two kinds of music. <laughs> I guess there's like... It would be sweet. I, I, there's two kinds of academic music, though. Right? Yeah. And it's classical and jazz. Um, it's like... Yeah. But... So, like, how how is it... I'm just curious about, you know, how how do you... What do you go... What, what are you going to do for next lesson or something? Uh, Well, I am learning... Uh, two or sections of songs by ear. Basically, I told him I wanted to learn more about harmony and that I wanted to develop my uh, ear. Okay. Um, So, more about harmony. So, like, theory kind of stuff. Is that what that that means? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And, um, And especially because I feel like in the time that I've, you know, start sort of started practicing piano on my own which is i guess maybe like around two years or so before that i would just like mess around and play very inconsistently um i've just learned a lot about harmony just from playing the piano because you see all the notes that you're playing as opposed to on the guitar where it's just like here's this shape yeah um and and same with a lot of inversions and stuff uh yeah, so more theory-related things, different uh, chord forms and chord shapes, and um, yeah, and ear training. 
I I just told him that I try and learn everything everything by ear, um, and that I want to just be able to uh, identify chords and uh, harmonics or like the harmony by ear because I had seen uh, Jason a couple times and since then I've been trying to practice it on my own where we were just listening to a song and I was like, all right, I have to learn the song and he's like, oh, I'll tell you the chords right now. That's a one. That's a flat seven number one. That's a minor six just by Yeah, you can uh, just, just identify the... Yeah, and I was like... Intervals and stuff. Yeah, I want to be able to do that and I've seen Joe a couple times on gigs just like sing out a chord note by note and... um yeah, just want to be able to, and, and I feel like that will uh, help me with um, my writing because it's like having a little bit more of a vocabulary to draw from. Yeah, and if you have a sound you want to make, you'll know what how to make that sound, you know, like yeah, that sound comes from a half diminished two chord <laughs> going into the five or something. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And uh, I don't know, something that I've wanted to, or I, I wish I practiced this more, but something that I've wanted to uh, do is to just be able to uh, hear um, harmonies and chords and hopefully, and there have been a couple times when I feel like I've been able to hear multiple parts at once just in my head, like without... Multiple um, parts, like vo- vocal parts, you mean? Or just like a like a bass and a drum or something, or like yeah, yeah. And and I want to be able to develop my brain to just think them, yeah. You know, and I and I, um, I think that ear training is is part of that for sure. Um, yeah, that's all them ja- all them jazz people. They can have so much ear training. I feel like yeah, they yeah. can. They can. I, I think. I think a lot of it is yeah, like learning, learning, uh, learning parts of songs like that mm. because you hear how you know these three chords sound next to each other. Uh, this little like short little, you know, how these two chords or three chords sound next to each other, and then mm. kind of catalog that away. And when you hear it again, you'll know like, you know, that's what I know what that is, or I know how to get that sound. Right. You know, like. I don't know. Yeah, certain songs. I took a small amount of lessons from a jazz guitarist, and in college in uh, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, when I was in school, it was like an elective okay. kind of guitar lesson option that I could do, and uh, yeah, part of it was learning. You know, playing through songs through with the chord chart, uh, like jazz standard stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, learning a lot just from seeing how these other people put chords together. Mm-hmm. Like, those chords sound really cool together. <laughs> you can do like, that. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is something I can, you know, well, I'll be able to use at some point because, yeah. like, how do I get back to the one? Right. <laughs> well, I'm all the way over here in another I'm key. Yeah. I'm lost. <laughs> now I know how I could get back to the one. I just keep going two five one till I get there. <laughs> so, okay, so you're just practicing. You're gonna try to learn these sections of songs by ear, and then yeah. you're gonna come back in. Yes. And he's gonna yeah. kind of 
tell you if if you if you got it or not. Yeah. <laughs> tell you what the yeah. what the answer is. Um, yeah, I'll tell me what the answer is. And in the first lesson, I we talked about a specific song that I uh, um, had tried to learn by ear, and I was like, I I think I like kind of have it, but it, parts of it are a little confusing, and um, so he kind of showed me some of the other colors that were in the chords, and we talked about like where it was harmonically, which we were like, oh, this just. The song like never goes to the one and um probably shouldn't avoid playing this note um it's a really cool song it's called cranes in the sky by solange it's one of my favorite the song never goes to the one that's tricky yeah 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 it's true yeah um uh, man yeah the ear ear training i was talking to benny who he came over to play on a song i was working on and as he was leaving, he was telling me about like, oh man, I gotta go home and get to work. I got a busy night because I have this show, uh, you know, in four days or something on the weekend, and I have to learn like 200 songs or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh my god, how are you even gonna like approach that? Um, it was for he was he was doing this wedding wedding band gig. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And you know he did he. He said, you know, they were supposed to give us the list of songs that we were supposed to know, you know, a while ago, but we just got it now. So I have to learn all these songs. Right. And he said he mostly does it by by ear. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah, just like goes goes through and listens to it and uh, kind of tries to understand the, the arrangement, like the form of the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, form first and then and then at the, what the actual notes are. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> blew my mind when he said that. I'm like, ah, man, I'm trying to learn like five songs for our show, <laughs> and I'm like nervous about it. He's got to learn like yeah. a ridiculous amount. So that kind of made me think, like, all right, I can, I, my capacity for learning might be a little higher than I'm uh, giving myself credit for, or like believing I can do, because that's just crazy. Although you know, he's a he's a very learned musician. Yeah. In terms of uh, the amount of time and stuff you put in in school, I'm sure the music focus, which I, I did do a lot of music in college, but that wasn't, I wasn't in a music program. So I was yeah. not doing nearly as much as Same. You know, these yeah. other people. I was most of the, I guess most of the training uh, through college and stuff was, was ear. Well, I did, I did do some, some theory classes and stuff, but I don't know. Music majors are intense. They are like those, intense. Those people are, <laughs> you know, putting so much time into it. That's, and that's why they're so fluent now. Uh, now I said to remind myself not to compare myself to like the music majors. You yeah, know? so intense. Yeah, that's so intense, and they're really good. I'm, 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 uh, like, yeah, I'm always like in awe of, of people who have gotten to a point of fluency with music where. You know, with their instrument and just with understanding it, that you know, I want that, but I know to get that, you gotta. It takes a lot of time and mm-hmm. effort. Uh, you know. So, are you like putting a practice regimen in in place, or are you kind of for your for your piano, or is it kind of more casual? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, since I just had my first lesson on Friday, um, but I, 
That's the resistance. Yeah, that's the resistance speaking right there. <laughs> Get, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm I. The war of art. I think. Just after the lesson, I mean, I I have I've like, I don't have a, a routine, with it, but I've gone over like what we've done a couple times, and then. I guess with the ear training, like you you're gonna be just listening to the music a lot too to try and decipher it yeah and then today in the car i listened to the song that he was like learn the bridge of this song because we had gone over the first part of it and i was like oh god because <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a rob one of them is a robert glasper song i don't know if you're familiar with robert glasper no uh he's like a jazz pianist i'm not really a huge uh jazz person but it's from an album that's very hip-hop influenced and i'm i'm i don't know a lot of my i don't that's like my access point to jazz is not so much (laughs) but like the cool chords um and really like interesting voices that are used in in that music a lot um so also what uh what's your time looking like i don't want to oh today over yeah i don't want to yeah. like over oh yeah yeah it's okay that's um i'm uh making soup with a friend of mine nice. at 6 30 love soup me too let's see uh it's the oh. ultimate food it's gonna be my second soup of the season <laughs> pretty excited first one went pretty well a little more bitter than i was expecting bitter. farmer's market was out of spinach dang crazy they recommended the dandelion greens which they said my liver would be happy with me for doing. I haven't oh. heard back from it, but the <laughs> soup was good. And dandelion yeah. greens are a little bit more bitter, but it was still good. It's nice. Yeah. Oh, man. So what, do you guys have a plan for this soup? It's going to be colorful. That's it. Yeah? That's the plan? Yeah. yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. You guys going to, like, shop for st- st- what you're going to put in, or do you already have the stuff you need? Uh, we're going to shop for the stuff. Oh, yeah. nice. That yeah. sounds great. I think we've I love yeah. making soup. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tried making a soup the other day, uh, just like a spinach mushroom soup. Oh, God. Which, like, I, <clears throat> I, uh, soup's pretty, f- it's gotten a lot more fun for me the more I make because pretty much just am learning, like, all right, I can pretty much put whatever I want right <laughs> into yeah, this yeah. thing. And as long as I don't put too much salt or, <laughs> you know, a seasoning that right. is really powerful as long yeah. as i don't as long as i don't do that like and i'm putting stuff that i like in it it's gonna be good yeah yeah it's absolutely that's <laughs> pretty amazing yeah so yeah i was i'm pretty pumped about the soup and pretty excited for you and your, you. your yeah. soup <laughs> soup journey <laughs> you're about to go on it all got started uh from the squirrel hill farmer's market where i it might be the only farmer's market that uh mushroom guy is at and there were four different kinds of mushrooms there and they were totally beautiful they're amazing and he was like these put these in a soup <laughs> and then ah oh, when is that the, the squirrel hill farmer's market i didn't know about this it's on sunday yeah i think there's one every day but that one is the one, one with the mushroom day. guy and one every day yeah and in then like hill? or not in squirrel hill but like in different spots oh yeah yeah dang i'm gonna have to check that out veggies oh, yeah. great for soup yeah. Oh, that's great. Great for the soul. And you know, it's one pot. 
Going to have to sample that. Oh, super fact. <laughs> That's dangerous with the carbonated beverages. <laughs> they could have gotten out of control. Yeah, it could have it gone bad. You have to be careful what you gargle. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, yeah, one pot, vegetables. What, what goes in your soup besides mushrooms? Also, are they criminy? Uh... Are those baby portobellas? Is that what a cremini mushroom is? I feel like that might that might be the case. Yes. Okay. I feel like I should know this, but I think sure. so. Yeah. I'd never made this yes. kind of soup before. It was just it was uh, I put cut up a lot of onions, just like cook those down first. Nice. That's important uh, for this soup because there's not much in it. It's just like onion, garlic. The cremini mushrooms or baby portobellas, whatever they were. Just like regular white mushrooms, a bunch of them. Nice. I think like three, whatever those packages are, eight <laughs> ounces, 16 ounces. Just like it's pretty much all mushrooms. Nice. Yes. And then a bag of spinach. And then uh, I think I, I, I was sauteing all this stuff in coconut oil. And then I put the, uh, mm-hmm. I just had like veggie broth nice. that I, that I kind of, you know, filled the liquid right made the liquid happen with and yes. then uh I, th- I i tried putting a little sesame oil and soy sauce in it to kind of give okay. it a little asian uh, yeah. flavor yeah nice and Snap. um yeah i think that w- that was about it i put some gravy master <laughs> which i don't know if you've ever heard of gravy master but you know i've been person? Exper- i've been experimenting yeah. with it yeah. i think it's a person but is it a powder the gravy master bottles their own sauce that's like a mm. You know, it's supposed to be. It's kind of like a Swedish, not Swedish, but like sweet kind of <laughs> sauce that you can put. Swedish fish. <laughs> it's like a, kind of a. I don't know. You, they advertise it. It's good for sauteing. You know, adding sauteed vegetables or hmm. soups. And I I did that a little bit. It was pretty good. Nice. But that was that was it. Yeah, it was just mushrooms and spinach, pretty much. Yeah, but you know I'm a big soup and stew fan. Yes, get everything in one I place. Can tell. You know? Yeah, one place, Boom. one stop shop, one dish to clean, <laughs> everything in one place, and it's not dry. No, <laughs> it's, it's wet. It's wet. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> so, you know. Anyway, uh, okay. I just had a couple more questions. Okay. Real quick. Serious questions, and then I, I actually have to go. Okay, get ready for our practice for our show this Friday. Oh, where are you guys playing? We're playing at the Rex. Oh, with sweet. um, Manic Focus. Okay, who's uh, he's an electronic music producer. So nice. we're me and my brother. When Chalk Dinosaur does like more electronic shows, it's it's usually me and my brother Nick. Cool. He plays drums, and then I I spin the beats, and then I do some guitar stuff too nice so that's what we're gonna do sweet but yeah you mentioned a booking agent earlier you guys have a booking agent yes how does that how did that come about and how does that relationship work and what's it like tell me because i don't have one and i'm always i don't know anything about how that world works first of all i'm surprised to hear that you don't because you get some gigs that are swedish very sweet (laughs) swedish gigs swedish gigs (laughs) Very far away. Um, it came about, I guess she had, she was, she 
books shows for uh, one of her. She was trying to book a show in Chicago for one of her other clients, and she came across us um, at, because we already had a show booked at a place called Uncommon Ground, which is sort of like a listening room restaurant in Chicago. In Chicago, yeah. That you guys had booked just yourself. Yes, that I had booked. Yeah. Okay. Um, very small room, fifty-five capacity, um, and she had. Uh, reached out to the venue about uh, them joining the bill. What she later told us was that it was because she wanted to check us out, uh, which I'm glad I said yes, because there was already one other person on the bill, and then having split it three ways, you know. Uh, it, oh, so it was like a scouting thing. Yeah, I guess so. Um, it has this downside. And she was looking for more people. And so we met her that night, and... Um, uh, headed off and got to talking, and uh, we followed up with her. She lives in Minnesota, um, and she uh, is, um, yeah, we signed a contract with her uh, for one year, and she is our exclusive booker. I'm not allowed to book any more shows in 2020, um, which is cool and scary you know right yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know it's a year it's but just, it's, a year. it's just a year so yeah. you give it a shot and see if the mm-hmm. kind of arrangement is working for both of you right yeah um so interesting do you have any input on on uh how much you want to play or or where you want to play or are you kind of like you're leaving it up for her to kind of do put you guys in the places you need to be as much as you need to be or uh a little bit of both it's what we found is that it's a collaborative effort. I mean, I think at first we had signed with her and then we were, we like, uh, um, we weren't at the level of communication that we're at now, which is like, we, uh, talk every week and we usually call her when she presents us with a gig offer. If we don't know any information about it. Um, so she'll call you with, offers or she'll email us being like i i got this offer at this place and we'll call her and be like what's what can you tell us about the venue or like what kind of space is it um okay yeah um and oh yes no but it has been as far as like where we want to play and where we think we should go that's very collaborative also because we've been um, playing weekend shows out of town for a, maybe two years or something. So in a place like Chicago, we have built up a small following there. So it's like we need to, like, whenever our album comes out the next week or the week after, we need to be in Chicago. And we should be playing in Chicago probably every three to four months. Um, and, like, these are the venues that we've heard about that are good there. What are the ones that you've heard about that are good there? Yeah. So we oh, have a couple cool. of places that are like, these are our markets, and we have a couple of places yeah. where it's like, this is something that we would like to play, or this is something that we would like to open for. Okay. Or, yeah. yeah, cool. Man, so, yeah, how was how was doing the booking before that with your, with, with playing out of town? Because I've, I've, you know, I've, I've had not good success with, with booking out of town <laughs> shows, like, independently. Yes, yes. <laughs> not been, not, not gone well for me. I've also had lots of not success. Um... <laughs> 
<clears throat> and yeah, it's hard. Uh, like even to get engagement with the venue. Like, yes. And be like, well, to answer, <laughs> you know, yeah. a lot of times I would like when I first would try and start to set up a tour, I would be like, okay, these are the places that I think seem good and that we want to play. I'm going to send them one email and then I'm going to email them again every week until they, until they respond to me. And that, that worked? Like, some of them, like... It, yeah, it's definitely worked. They yeah. Sometimes they people responded on, like, the sixth email. Where and I'm just then like, you were able to get a show? Hey, it's Shane. Just following up. <laughs> I want to see. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Um, wow, so very, very... Yeah, deliberate and intense... Spam. Intense <laughs> spam. It works. It works. Um, yeah, but there are some places where it's, like... Like, there's this one place in my hometown in Harrisonburg, Virginia, where we... A place where we have played several times and had successful shows. That's like, it's like, this is the venue that we need to be playing at. It's like a really nice restaurant. I've probably contacted them maybe like 10 different times since we formed as a band and they never responded to me. And then as soon as I said it to Stephanie, they like got back to her right away. I'm just like, what? <laughs> what? Come on. Oh, okay. Um, that's, your, that's your booking agent? Yeah, Stephanie. Okay. Um, so she, yeah, she, she must... It, yeah, it must mean mean more to them coming from a booking agent. Or yeah. maybe they know her or something. And before, I would also pose, I would say, I wouldn't email from the band email. I would email from my own email and say, I'm Shane McLaughlin, the manager of Buffalo Rose. Did um, that m- make a difference? Uh, it's hard to say, but I think probably because I would imagine that these places get a bunch of emails from addresses like magic beans or you know um buffalo music chalk dinosaur at gmail chalk dinosaur or not uh, there's um, there's i mean obviously there's only one chalk dinosaur at gmail but like you know something that seems like a band name versus something that seems like a more professional i guess um so it's weird how that works it's very strange um how far in advance will you try and book shows out of town for your out-of-town weekend stuff. Um, I think I'm always trying to do that too last minute. Pretty far in advance. Many months. Um, three months? Six months? At least three months. Three months is probably like the, the minimum, I feel like. Um, okay. Still good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so that would mean what? Like January for uh, right now? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. But uh, I also feel like the better the show the farther out in advance it had to be booked the better the show you mean like you're what do you mean by that or like there was some there was like one or two gigs that were like um or maybe i don't know a handful i would say but less than 10 that were like we were playing a really small festival or like a listening room or a house concert series or a public library in a small town in new york uh that um that's cool it's it, which i i guess i say a better show because it's a show with a guarantee okay um and which yeah there's a lot of things that make shows good or bad and are you are you trying to uh when you book these out of town shows are you are you trying to play with other bands like uh trying to open for other bands or are you trying to set up your own show uh it kind of depends on the show i think in some places we definitely just don't have people you know um so we'd be trying to 
uh, definitely opening for someone would be cool or play with other bands. So I've never set up an opening gig or maybe there was one that we did in Chicago, uh, out of town. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, so the booking agent's been helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So far, I mean, it's still early on in our relationship, but I think it, it's definitely been open some doors that were just, yeah. you know, I, I knew that I, there, I was at a point where, um, I, I could probably go no higher with like what I could do, but it seemed yeah. like that you all were able to play some festivals, even though it, now it's clear to me that you book all the shows yourself. Yeah. Um, which I feel like is the big pie in the sky thing for festivals for any, for any band. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of it. Yeah. Just, uh, personal connections, I guess. Like that have kind of people, people who are involved with these things, uh, will will someone will show them the music or like mm-hmm. somebody will like ben Penagar he showed my music and like gave a recommendation to his friend taco and uh taco booked me at his festival mad tea party nice. which was one of the which was like the first like bigger one that i was able to play which was awesome and um Someone, Joe Marino from the Rex, uh, or he's, he's, you know, he goes to a lot of shows and he's part of the Pittsburgh music community. He, he recommended me to Kevin and Jody, uh, Farm Jam Alama, the people who run that festival. And um, they got in touch with me and after checking it out and, and booked me for that. And then Electric Forest, my... That was a real random connection because my brother, my older brother's, one of his best friends, went to college with in Boulder with uh, the person who started the festival. Wow. Uh, or, yeah. Random. And um, she kind of made like an email introduction and I sent them, you know, live video and stuff and they were like, yeah, let's do it. So cool. That was awesome. Yeah. And then Dome Fest. I think summer dance <clears throat> Lotus uh I've I've opened for the bass player and um keyboard slash guitar player, the the Miller brothers. I've I've opened for their side projects in, in Pittsburgh and kind of was introduced we were introduced to each other through that and then Opus One who manages Lotus had some like random involvement with them Mm -hmm. um, for certain shows. So we were kind of on the radar and I guess they, they had an open spot or something and, and gave us a chance to play there and dome fest. Yeah. I don't know. It hasn't been through, hasn't been through me like trying to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. The, all the all the times I've tried to do that, I've not worked at all. Yeah, it's yeah. always been like somebody gets in touch with us, hmm. uh, somebody that is like trying to put on something. And then we played a bunch of these these real small ones, small grassroots ones like Larry yeah. Palooza and 
Gearfest and uh, that was really sweet. And it's kind of the same thing. Like they're they're just looking for for music for their that will fit their event. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have not had any luck when I'm actually, you know, trying to get in touch with mm-hmm. a festival or yeah. a band or an organization. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I guess people get too much email <laughs> and they don't want to, they can't look at any email that's, you know, not from someone they know, mm-hmm. unless keep showing up every week <laughs> spam <laughs> yeah the festival's gonna have it set up though where you can't really do that yeah oh man it's just I, like I, use this <clears throat> online form you I've, know what i mean i've done so many of those yeah and uh same it's yeah. never worked out for me yeah like i've never gotten onto a festival from <laughs> from this online submission it must work for someone though that yeah. form is fucking there it's it is there yeah but, but i i feel like the booking agent will that'll be great for it seems like there's a big web of people it's in all the, in the it, booking agent world yeah and like venues and they the little i've communicated with booking agents it seems like they know they just know a lot of people and yeah venues and stuff and bands and yeah they what, know yeah what would you be what would be like your dream gig <laughs> or or like festival or something is there like a folk festival that that would be like the like a dream or one you would really like to do um like telluride or something yeah i mean that that would be amazing i think there are two in my mind that are sort of like heralded at the altar of shane (laughs) um one is like the newport folk festival just because it's so historic and um has uh, you know, just so many legends have played there and it has evolved with like whatever people define as folk music um, in that time. And uh, the other is maybe less realistic, probably way less, uh, but uh, I feel like one of the places that I first really fell in love with music in a new way was the first time I went to a music festival when I was in high school. I went to Bonnaroo. Uh, that was the first one I went to as well. Oh, no way. Yeah. What year did you go? I went from 2010 to 2012. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think I years. went in 2010. That was the first year. Nice. And, like, uh, so it would have been Dave Matthews Band was, like, the Sunday night show. Okay. I think. Was the Flaming Lips there? My Morning Jacket? Yes. I, think. I can't remember who was there. The Black Keys years. were there. Stevie Wonder was there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was there that year. Yeah, Stevie Wonder. Um, the place is crazy. It's so big. Yeah, it's, it's insane. insane. Um, I actually went back this year uh, with my uh, younger sister. Whoa. Um, and it is completely different uh, genre-wise, really. I mean, it's like... Is it more... more pop leaning yeah it's like a pop music festival like um and and i mean which it had those elements back then but like the first year i went i like i like i saw stevie wonder and i also saw like john mclaughlin the jazz shredder you know what i mean um and now i feel like he would never be there um but yeah so that that would be that would be one that would just be like yeah yeah. it'd be cool full circle type yeah. thing that was my third time going and like yeah it would be a full circle type thing for sure what about you mm. 
for a full circle type thing for me would be playing at if we could play on the main stage at a uh, Legend Valley in Ohio, which is where they have the workout, okay. and uh, this other festival called All Good was there yeah. for a few years, and specifically this venue uh, had a lot of formative kind of inspiring um, musical experiences there. Legend Valley in Ohio, Thornville, Ohio. Uh, getting to play the main stage there or, or even the side stage, that's still pretty nice. That would be, <laughs> that'd be full circle. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Electric Forest was, was pretty sweet. I yeah, mean, that I was like, like, that's, like <laughs> that's, that's a huge deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess, Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess. I guess prime time slots. Yeah. At, at any of these would be, would be awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, have you ever been to Dale Fest? I have not been to Dale Fest. My brother used to go to that every year. Seems like that's. I guess that's. Is bluegrass and and what you guys do? Do those intermix a lot? In terms of like, you know, like if if Delfest is like a, I don't know if that's like strictly like traditional bluegrass or if they mix in. Well, I feel like we would we would fit in at Delfest, and I think that is Lucy's full circle gig. Okay, actually, um, now that you mention it, but um, I heard that's really fun. Yeah, I've I've wanted to go for several years, but I just haven't been able to make it work. Um, but as far as us and bluegrass. I would say we have one and a half bluegrass songs. And but we have traditional bluegrass instrumentation. Yeah. Like a traditional bluegrass band is holding the same things as us. And um so I think we can kind of fit in those things, but fe- there are some festivals where it just like would never work because it's all like that uh, like just a little more old school. Old school, yeah. Yeah. I was talking, when I was talking to Lucas, he was talking about <clears throat> bluegrass. This is one of, the, one of those genres sometimes where people are really uh, strictly adhere. Some people really strictly adhere, like, mentally to the, the old school, so like, the traditional formula and kind mm-hmm. of, like, look down upon <laughs> things that aren't, you know, the way it was. Yeah the way it is in like the traditional form or something hmm. kind of like the way people will look down on any kind of mu- newer music that's different or right yeah. if that goes outside like he said jazz can be like that too yeah, sure. or like uh electronic music is a general thing that gets you know looked down upon yeah i feel like all new genres you know it's the same thing when it's like rock and roll and yeah you know or people are like this is crass the devil's music same with not how you do it yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i do have to get going cool i gotta get going yeah yeah. but thanks for having me man yeah thanks for talking and recording a conversation with me (laughs) that was fun yeah